everyone, my name is Sky Hopinka, and I am here with Evan Gardner and Susanna Ciotti. This is the first episode of our new podcast. Wakecast. The Wakecast. Wakecast 1. But yeah, it's been about seven years since Where Your Keys last had a podcast. Yeah, and people have been asking for more, and we've just uh, been too busy, really, to uh, kind of put anything like this together. So thank you very much, Sky, for uh, deciding that it was time to make it happen again. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I haven't really had a chance to see you guys in the last couple of years. I've been going to grad school in Milwaukee, and you all have been traveling and doing a bunch of amazing work. So this felt like a really great opportunity to, one, participate in Wear Your Keys again, and two, to find out what you all are up to, because you're very bad at emails. <laughs> it's true. It's it true. Very true. Yeah. Well, we just hope that you that you know us enough to know that we're very busy, and so it's not that it's anything personal. It's just that we're busy. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what we hope, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it's just like that's part of it too. Like one of the reasons to check in, and you know, it's like if you guys are in a place where there isn't a lot of reception or there isn't a lot of internet access. I mean, like, this is a good way to let anyone, you know, who might be keeping track of where you are or thinking about doing a workshop or wants you to come to your communities um, to just, you know, understand, like, why why sometimes emails go unanswered or tweets go untweeted back. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, we travel 100%. So um, we, we don't have a house. We go from one community to the next. Uh, we you know, live in Airbnbs, uh, hotels, tribal housing. And, uh, we, we just, we, we literally, um, do not have a home base. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people are, uh, ask us like, well, where's your home base? And we're like, uh, don't really have one. The road. The road. The road and is our home. I learned the word itinerant, mm-hmm. um, because I, I was saying homeless and then that sort of sparked people's, uh, you know, very generous, like, offers of, like, well, you could stay with us. You don't have to be homeless. And it was like, no, 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 it's not. It's that we just are houseless. Mm-hmm. Um, so learn the word itinerant, and mm-hmm. that seems to have uh, helped explain what it is that we do or, yeah, how this is kind of played out. Yeah, and, like, and, I mean, you know, what do you guys do? I think, like, that's a question that a lot of people have. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you guys do exactly? No, but, I mean, I think, like, really, it's just, you know, like, what is Where Your Keys about? And, like, a purpose of this is to keep track of what you guys are up to, what's going on with where your key is an organization, but then also an opportunity to talk more about what is where your keys, you know, what, what are these new techniques that are being made? Like what are techniques, how to get this going in, in your home community or, or my home community, or, you know, people have those questions when they encounter this methodology, this, uh, this, this way are your keys. Idea. Yeah. Well, I wonder, well, I guess the, 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 we get this question a lot. And honestly, I think our parents have probably the, the hardest time telling their friends what it is that their sort of traveling children do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I try to explain it to my mom and dad every time I go home and it, it's, it, it's getting better. But, but I think that even just this kind of an opportunity to uh, talk with people and have people listen to our story and hear about all the different places that we go, I think that might actually eventually paint a really good overall picture of what it is that we do and what where your keys is. And it's because I don't think that it's really easy to summarize in one quick statement. 
And I think uh, we've been trying to find that 30-second elevator speech for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets better and better, but I don't, I don't know if it ever actually, like, hits the, 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 real, the real thing. Uh, yeah, we, we travel around. Um, and I really hope that this podcast is an opportunity for people to get to travel with us. We, we go to some amazing places that people don't get to go to. And it's expensive. And it's... Uh, it's secluded and sometimes it's secluded in a strange way like um you know we really we really work in this field that is in in some ways invisible uh like you know we we go to we go to one town or one island where clearly everyone on that island is that people and speak one language and one dialect of that language and 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 that's it but then we go to other places like right now we're in vancouver british columbia and there are a variety of people here um and and some of them aren't recognized by the by the general population and that is uh you know it's like it's like you don't know who your next door neighbor is you don't know that, that you're actually on uh the land of, a, of another people and so you you watch tv and you go to you know the the convenience store and and you don't realize that that you're actually on uh, uh, First Nations territory or uh, uh, tribal land of some kind and and so so sometimes that 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 is an experience and a a journey that we are really lucky to be on and we really wanted to to have other people come with us on that journey um, because it is it is incredible uh, and 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 just really amazing to, to meet all the people that we've gotten to meet. Yeah. I, I agree with everything that Evan said. I'm really excited. Um, as an avid podcast listener, uh, they're much more portable than TV shows and take less time to download. So we bring podcasts with us wherever we go. Actually. Um, I'm really excited to be involved in involved in making the second generation wake podcast wake cast wake cast wake cast one <laughs> <laughs> yeah and sky has been with us on a on a couple of our adventures like all over the place um I, i'm not even a couple mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. um doing uh what, what where, where have you where have you traveled to doing this uh where are your keys stuff sky oh god a lot of places um yeah, the first one was uh, Warm Springs in 2011, um, and then just like a bunch of workshops, I think like in Arizona, Washington, California, Oregon, Idaho, Alaska. And then, and then you worked with uh, uh, a lot of different speakers of, of different languages. I know we were in um, uh, Montana and, uh, and then out to Alaska. Uh, you know, down to Arizona, where where we're working with you know just entirely different language families, like just languages that are wildly different um, from each other. Yeah, and like I mean, I think this is this is like a good segue into uh, this segment that we want to make recurring, which is this question of the week, where you know we want people to ask us questions about language revitalization, about the ins and outs, and like the bigger ideas, the little ideas around language revitalization. And 
I mean, just to get things started, like the question that, that you guys offered that you get a lot is why go to different communities? But if you both want to respond to this question of why go to different communities, I think, um, yeah, I'd like to hear, hear, hear how you navigate that. Well, I think that this, this came about by accident. Um, I think the, the original idea was to set up some kind of training institute where people would come to where we were and that we would teach people techniques for language revitalization and that they would go back to their hometowns and home communities and like do it and it would start. Uh, and, I, and I really, part of this podcast series is, is that I, I really want to be honest about sort of mistakes that we've made also that this is not there is no guidebook there is no like people haven't really done this before where there are hundreds thousands of languages that are all disappearing kind of at the same time we're we're, we're watching like the, the the collapse of language worldwide and the the thing that, that we want to really emphasize is is that it is possible to bring languages back, it's possible to keep languages alive. It's 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 the um, the the chance, the opportunity to keep that going that is really keeping us going every day, and it, it's a really wonderful chance to bring everyone together and to really have something to focus on that uh, is something that everybody can get behind, and I think that. The, one of the big mistakes that, that I made at the very beginning was thinking that there is this one solution for all, that there is this silver bullet and all we need to do is find it and then you know just add X and then poof, butterflies and unicorns and everybody's happy. And that is not how it works. There is no one solution. There is no one true method. And, and, and I really want to be clear about that. And we try to be clear about that everywhere we go to say that, that where your keys is one idea, it's one concept, it is not the end concept. It's not the end-all, be-all. I wish it was. Um, <laughs> great, <laughs> but it's not. There's, there's a lot of different methods out there, and I think that uh, teachers and learners who search out a lot of different methods will come up with the one that works best for them. But we definitely noticed that it wasn't a thing where people could just send an envoy to the training center and then get all the techniques and go back and apply them to their home community because every single community that we have been to has been different. There have been different uh, age groups, different speakers, different personalities, uh, different politics, and you have to deal with each of those differently. There definitely are some overarching concepts and some overarching techniques that can be applied anywhere, but it's it, that's you basically have to see the reality of what people are facing in order to try to help navigate what techniques are going to work best in that situation. It's like, oh, we're, we're in a school. We're not in a school. We had a school. We don't have a school. Um, the school district loves us. The school district hates us. The school um, is the best place we've seen for language. Oh, the school is the terrible place. Um, the community center is a fan. You know, it's like all the different variations of different places and different situations. And so we just ended up finding that it was just more practical to go to the actual location where we were going to do the work and see what it's really like and to offer whatever support we could offer on the, on the ground. 
and, and I think that that has really led to what we are now is is that's where we go and that's I think that's what the real work is not what I thought this work was going to be like really to be honest I I thought that it was going to be a you know a nine to five thing where people came and we chatted and then they left and different people came and no it's 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 us that are going around and doing this and really that's I think why it's so incredible and I I think uh why we want to invite people along with this with this idea is because we do get to go to all these different places and I think it's good for people who are interested in the in the idea of language revitalization to know that this is that this is something that you, you have to do you can't do this from home this isn't a thing you can phone in on you, you can't just watch a, a you know National Geographic special and then you know poof everything's fixed like you really got to commit to it in a, in a particular way yeah, I think um, just to add to what Evan is saying, um, and kind of the last thing you were saying too, we've definitely tried doing where your keys on Skype and sort of like the virtual the virtual connection. Mm -hmm. And I think if you already know what you're doing, you can definitely make it work. I know you've done some of that too, Sky. Um, but I think that the the in person experience when it comes to language is so much more valuable and I know that the people who have felt like they've gained something from Warrior Keys um, would definitely agree with that. Um, so uh, kind of one example I can think of is in St. Paul, St. Paul Island, Alaska, where um, Sky was with us in 2015 for our summer project. Um, <clears throat> the teenagers there kind of had the option of doing these sort of like making these video lessons um, to share the the language lessons that they'd come up with. And they sort of pushed back against that and they said, we need to invite people here to come and have the real experience with us um, so we can see where they're struggling and running into problems and we can offer solutions. Um, and I was, you know, so impressed with those teens. They're so thoughtful about about that. but. I think that that's definitely the reason why we we do travel to to be in communities is just like Evan was saying, see the real challenges that they're they're up against and see the on-site status of the language, who's interested, um, who's going to be involved, and um, sometimes when we go, we're able to get more people interested and get more people involved because it's it's a good thing to invite people to. Um, and also it's really hard if you go and, and learn something at a conference or at a training kind of in a vacuum, it's, it can be really hard to bring that back to your home community and put it into practice. And that's definitely a type of support that we like to offer is for the teachers that we're training in each of these communities, being with them in the actual teaching situation, whether it's a community teaching situation or in the school and kind of offer suggestions, see what it really looks like, see, um, you know, how we can support them bringing language into these different places um, instead of just sort of like sending them away from a training and being like, good luck implementing this. It doesn't work. Yeah. Because they don't know what some, they, they get home and they're like, oh, but then this and that and this and that. Yeah. And, and a lot of times when, we, when we're in a place, like we want to actually go to the place where you're going to learn. And, and I've really found it very, very fascinating. And sometimes there's, there's this like, oh, well, I could go to my grandma's house and we could, um, you know, we, we, could, we can talk over tea. 
and we get to a community and we're like okay let's go to your grandma's house and like oh i haven't been to my grandma's house in like a couple of years and it's like well let's go <laughs> you know it's just kind of like sometimes people just need a little nudge to actually go and and really go to the place where you are gonna go and i think it's very easy in a workshop to raise your hand and say like oh well i could go to my grandma's house and we're like yeah you could go to your grandma's house and then they get home and they're like yeah i'm busy i'm not gonna go to grandma's house mm-hmm. but to actually do the training in the place where you're going to continue to do the training makes it easier after we're gone to keep doing the the language work, learning the language, teaching the language. Do it for real. Do it in the place where you're going to do it. And use the props that you really have instead of in a workshop setting talking about the the uh, uh, the china or the, the teacups that you might be using with, with your fluent speaker. And then you get actually to the fluent speaker's house and you know they've got a different set of mugs Mm -hmm. and even that little bit can kind of throw you off because you're not ready for that jolt and then the fluent speaker tells you something that's way different than what you expected and now you're kind of off your game and then it's not as easy to keep going It, it just is the reality of the situation to really go to the place eat the food and and breathe the air that the, that the people are breathing where they are trying to do their language revitalization. Um, and that's why it's been really positive to be able to go back and visit with the same communities a few times to make sure that we have, um, we're offering them a, a support network to sort of say, okay, how, you know, what problems did you run into and how can we offer techniques to help address those problems? Um, so it's it's the same thing of going into the actual classroom with the people who are going to be teaching um, and making sure that we can, you know, debrief afterwards and be like, okay, how did that go? Um, that's the same thing with doing follow-up visits in communities. Um, right here, we're in, right now we're in, right now we're in Vancouver and this is our fifth, fifth or sixth, sixth. visit here. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's definitely... Uh, you know, seeing kind of the trajectory of the community has been really great. And every time we come back, there's the problems are, uh, well, the challenges are slightly different. And, you know, uh, there's new techniques that we can offer every time. Um, and I think our, our, the techniques start to make more sense once yes. you have a chance to play with them a little bit. And they go, oh, well, that didn't really work. And go, oh, well, maybe that's because you weren't using this technique in in conjunction with this other technique and like oh yeah I forgot about that technique of course that's a great solution uh, but people you know you don't think about all the different ways to, to combine techniques until you have a chance to practice with them a little bit and then if we are in in the actual community then we're not just working with one person so if one person comes to a workshop from a community then everything's on them it's all it's a single point of failure and it's it's all on them to to survive it or uh, you know, to, to succeed or fail. And that's not what we want to do. They're in that position already. What we want to do is give the entire community tools to help each other build a network of leaders and not just build a single point of failure that, you know, what, whatever happens to that person and then the whole thing crumbles. But we're offering the, the idea of using techniques not to just the teacher, but really to the fluent speakers, to the other learners, to the other people in the community so we can really get everybody working together to move this thing forward. And people come and go in language programs, but usually we find that they come back. Sometimes they come back in a couple years or five years, but but we want to 
think about everyone being a part of a permanent solution and building a habit of cooperation that's going to continue on that, that's just so much more effective than just going than sending one person to one workshop and then you know hoping that they bring some magic back with them mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting to think about how the model of where are your keys as an organization that goes to community has cha- or changed or shifted over the last seven eight years I mean I feel like my path with where your keys is like really different or unique in a certain way because it was part of that transition between Avenue working with Chinookawa in Portland and then into the first community summer project at Warm Springs mm-hmm. and I feel like I was getting all this exposure to these different language communities that were you know coming to these workshops that we were doing and going back home but then also that energy is also infectious where is like you know I want to get started on you know I think I'm ready to do a Chinookawa language night you know in Portland you know and so like that's what led me to do that was seeing like all these different communities having an opportunity to go with you all to these different communities and see how the language revitalization world is a lot bigger than I had imagined or I had known which is like really encouraging um, and using that energy and using that momentum to then figure out how to make my own community if, as a student in Portland State, um, viable and sustainable. Um, and like, you know, it had its successes, it had, ex- had, had its failures, but just the opportunity to do that was really important to me. And that opportunity was made available by going to these different communities with you all. Which leads me into the technique of the week. Surprise. Sky surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so the technique that I chose is... You ready? I do a drum roll, but I don't know. The technique is party boat. Oh. That's a great technique. I like that one. I like that one. Whew, you picked an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> So, technique party boat is this idea that... Well, actually, first, can you just like give a brief description of what techniques are? Oh, sure. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get into this more in depth in, in future podcasts. Uh, you know, what techniques are, how you use them, which techniques do particular things. I think that um, one, of the, one of the big ideas about what a technique is, is it is a trick. It is a method. It's a, it's a shortcut or a hack. And it is employed to shave off one second of either learning a language or teaching a language. Because in the end, what we, the, the idea, the concept of Warrior Keys is how quickly can we create another teacher of the language while they're getting fluent, not can we just create another fluent speaker? Like that, that's great. I don't want to discount just creating another fluent speaker. Like, oh no, we just created another fluent speaker. But I think the the real issue is how quickly can we get someone to take on the burden of starting to teach really low level classes so that we can create a whole uh, community of people who are learning the language and who are able to teach some of the language using specific teaching methodologies. So not just willy-nilly going out there and hoping for the best, but is everyone in a community really working on a solid template for how to teach and how to teach each other how to teach, not off of um, a computer program or, or an app, but but in real community connection and, and real human connection that is 
important when you want to actually then speak the language. You have to have real humans to speak to uh, as part of your language community. So a technique is a trick for getting to that situation as quickly as possible. Now, Samuel Katnak, uh, one of the interns in the 2016 uh, summer intensive on ATCA, he came up with a really good um, concise way of thinking about techniques as far as there are sort of two categories of techniques. There are techniques that you know and there are techniques that you throw. And I really like those two divisions because we, we there are different techniques for different situations, different tricks for different problems. So the, if you have a, a, an issue, a technique is a solution to that issue. One of those techniques that you can use to shave off some amount of time is the idea of a technique party boat, where you want to create a community of people who are going to be helping you create more teachers, well, you need a bunch of people to help you with that. And there, people don't want to go to a party when they're the first ones there, when there's crickets in the room. They want to show up at a place that's already going, where there's clearly, um, you know, like a lot of people having fun, having a great time. It's like, oh yeah, I want to be part of that. But nobody wants to go to a thing that's like, oh, do, 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 you're the only one. There's two of us now. It's like, okay, this is going to be a lot of work. This is going to be boring. And so you want to create this kind of festive atmosphere. And you want to then invite people to join the festivity. And, you know, there's this idea where um, the, the, the whole technique party boat came from this idea um, I know I was traveling somewhere at Caribbean and there are these boats and uh, cruise line kind of things like, hey, go to this island for the day. And everybody's on the dock kind of waiting to, to launch. And, you know, there's like, you know, everybody's like at the pool, throwing on the beach ball, like, woohoo, we're having a great time. Everybody gets on board, buys their tickets, and then the thing sets sail. And then, and then you sort of notice that all the people that were, you know, tossing around the beach ball at first then put on their waiter suits and they're, you know, like, wait, you're the waiter weren't you the guy playing with the beach ball earlier? And it's like, ha ha, got you on the boat, didn't it? And the party's still rolling. So sometimes you have to even create the illusion of a party happening so that people will jump on with you. And that's sometimes how you get the whole community behind something is you create this, this festival of possibility. And then people jump on to the idea of like, yeah, we can do this. But you definitely have to have a way of keeping that festive action going uh, so that everybody's not just let down <laughs> at the end of a week. Uh, and, and I think it's part of what, what you were saying, Susanna, is that we, we don't really like to go to a place and just do one workshop because then people can get really let down of like, oh, that was great. Oh, now there's, now we don't, now, oh. So I, I think that, that being realistic also about getting everybody energized, but then also having their something for everyone to do to keep that energy going is really important because we don't want to you know, like, trick people into like, oh, well, I went to that workshop once, it was really exciting, and then it failed because mm -hmm. then they don't want to go back. I wouldn't want to go back. So that's that's technique party boat. Is like sometimes you have to get the party started, you have to launch the thing, and that's also when grants will start to fund you is when they think something's already going. Grants don't like to fund uh, the awkward first hour of a party. <laughs> <laughs> This awkward first hour brought to you by, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely like a, sometimes you have to create this artificial momentum at the beginning of a project. And 
um, the hope is that uh, the mo- like it takes on a life of its own. But that's definitely where this the party board party where the party boat metaphor comes in. Um, so yeah, and a lot of times um, summer intensive is a good example of that. That can be a good uh, even though a summer intensive won't be the first time we visit a community, we need to build up to a summer intensive with several previous visits. Um, when we bring a bunch of outside interns with us to come and do a summer intensive, their energy can really contribute to this sort of party boat atmosphere. Like we're doing this big project, we're bringing all these people in to focus on language. Um, I think you probably have experienced that a couple of times, Guy, because you've been on two summer intensives. Um, and then I think that that momentum, obviously it plays out differently in different communities once the summer intensive is over, but if we've done our job right, we have enough kind of supports in place that the momentum, even though the party atmosphere dynamic will change a little bit um, at the end of a summer, especially if people are involved in school and the academic year starts up again, but that momentum will keep going after, after the summer is over. No, yeah, just thinking about like what I'm doing right now here in Milwaukee. Um, one of the things that I want to do is get a where are your keys group going, and what does that mean? Like the first thing that I'm thinking about doing is having a few friends of mine that expressed interest in this, um, like to teach them like one on one, and get like two or three people involved that I know want to be involved, and just like focusing on that, so that I already have teachers that I'm training to then teach the new people that will come to the language night that we're eventually going to start. And it's like party boat, but it's also get the party started. You know, I mean, just like uh, having those people so that I'm not alone as a facilitator. It isn't just me on the first nights of a language group and without any support. So like for me, party boat definitely is getting people on board that I know want to be on board and helping bring them into the creation of this. So again, it isn't just me. Um, it's like sharing, not sharing the burden, but it's sharing the, uh, the joy of creation and the joy of uh, helping build a community. And I think that the, the real benefit of that is, is that when, when things are going good, then everybody looks around and says, we did this. Mm-hmm. And if everybody can look around and say, we did this, then the chances of it keeping on is, is a lot higher than looking at somebody else and saying like, oh, he did this. Or she did this, which I think is like sometimes necessary, but but really the the best case scenario is when everybody can look at each other and say we all through all of our sacrifice, through all of our ingenuity and cleverness and 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 just willingness to help each other, we did this thing, and and that's the thing in a lot of communities where nobody's nobody's like uh, uh, nobody's coming to like um, I think Aklina Lestenkoff says it best out in uh, in St. Paul. She's like nobody's coming to help our language like there's not there's there's like we're, we're we're an island and and it's up to us there's there's no like oh we should you know quit our jobs and go out to the middle of the Bering Sea and do this thing it's it's like this is up to us and so if everybody can look around and say like yeah we did this then other communities can can see that and say yeah well, we can do that too and not uh, oh you did that well I can do that too we did that and you guys can do it too I think that's an, a wholly different feeling um, to, to have as a community. Yeah, I mean, especially if, you know, I mean, in where there isn't a lot of support for these groups to happen, I mean, the self-sustaining as they can be, the better. Absolutely. 
And I think that, that knowing that if you're going to try and build a party boat, that you do need to have some other staff with you. You need to have like you need to have all the waiters kind of trained up so that when everybody gets on board to have a party that they can slip into their other roles and keep the party going. But if it's just you, one person being the waiter, the captain, the the ticket checker and the lifeguard, like, man, that's too... Your boat is not going to go anywhere. No, No, it's going to be the party in the dock. It doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So you you have to bring a couple of people on board knowing that that's the the momentum that you're trying to build. Mm -hmm. And and really, that's why we, we try to bring people with us whenever we go to different places is that it's not just, you know, Susanna and I or, you know, one other person, where your keys... And 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 we're trying to bring other people with us, so that one they can see what it's like to really do this kind of work in a real community with real people, and two, so that they can help us create that kind of like wow, all these people came here to to help our language, like oh great, well if all of you are willing to kind of make whatever sacrifices it is that you have to make, well I should probably make some kind of sacrifice too, maybe. Maybe I should think about getting on this boat and and doing some language stuff. Uh, And it makes it easier to join in because you don't have to jump entirely in. You can can kind of support in smaller ways. uh, And so it's easier to kind of, there's an easier entry there if there's a lot of people. Um, it's it's much more of a, uh, of an emotional commitment. If it's like you and that one other person, it's like, ah, now there's only two of us. I don't want to be that second person. I want to be like the 15th person, not the second person. So you, you hope that you can find a couple of second and third and fourth and fifth people. And then the 15th comes easy. Bringing them to the party because no one wants to go to a party alone. <laughs> we bring the party. Right. We bring it with us. <laughs> well, I am glad that we're getting this party started with the three of us here on the Wake Cast party boats um yeah i think like that's a that's a good place for us to be with this it's exciting to hear about what you all have going on in the near future the 2018 wake summer intensive with the new internship opportunities um as well as like more talk about where your keys and we were talking earlier that you know where are your keys is a very esoteric thing that's very specialized that's it's easy to become overwhelmed by the amount of information and how expansive this method is and this community is. So, I mean, yeah, I think we're going to try and make as specific as we can to the needs of a community that's uh, already engaged in the method as well as make it inviting for new people coming into this. So if you have any questions um, about a specific technique or even just a broad question about what Where Are Your Keys does or how to make this work in your home community, you can tweet at Where Are Your Keys. And what's the Twitter handle? It's Playwake, P-L-A-Y-W-A-Y-K. So you can also tweet at Where Are Your Keys and add the hashtag WakeCastQuestion. And we will see if we can uh, weave it into our future WakeCast. Um, please be patient with us. We're... Uh, working through uh, a lot of different questions and so we'll try to get to yours that's hashtag w-a-y-k-c-a-s-t-q-u-e-s-t-i-o-n 
All right, great. Thank you, Evan and Susanna. I look forward to talking to you all next week and to continue on with uh, with the series. Where will we be then? Thanks so much, Sky. Thank you. <laughs>